Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. Please open your Bibles there. Open your apps there. And if you have access to the New King James Version, let us open the NKJV. I know, Costa. I know. The end is near. (laughs) In the latter days, he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. There will be prophecies and visions and dreams through young and old. Are you there? Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Guys, I'm higher than you. I can see who's not got it open. Stop trying to fool me. I can see, man. If you don't have a Bible, come to me afterwards. We'll organize you one. But what does it say? In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this is the sentence that's not in the ESV. And that's why I picked the NKJV. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's going to be a lot of closing your eyes this morning, but please close your eyes. Our Father in heaven. Greatly revered, honored, venerated is your name above all else. God, we ask you that in this year, your kingdom will come in our lives like never before. Your way, your design, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation. Father, please, God, protect us in this year. Protect us even from ourselves when it comes to temptations and deliver us, Lord. Deliver us when the evil one comes because we know he's already defeated. But deliver us, Lord. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I'm going to ask you to pray that over your family where you are. Just pray your best prayer over your family. Pray your best prayer over your friends. Pray his word which this is, over this congregation. We declare your name, Lord, as the highest, your kingdom as the greatest, your deliverance as the best of our families, Lord, over our church, over our friends, over the works that you have called us to, over our going, over our coming. You are the one that hems us in from behind and and protects as we advance. You're our shield and our great reward, Lord. We even pray right now over the elders that are resting. Father, may they know you intimately and be rejuvenated, recharged and restored, re-envisioned and revigorated in your presence, Lord. Amen and amen. So uh, I want to talk to us a little bit about dreams. 
you know what happens 2020 we some of us are still um, innocent and naive enough to do resolutions <laughs> it's like the santa claus story hey but i think most of us come to the start of a new year and we're like i've got dreams for this year i've got Dreams over my children, dreams over our household, dreams over our holidays, our plans, all of these things. But in essence, what we are saying, there are some goals and plans that we would like to see fulfilled through the calendar year of 2020. Um, for those unfortunate souls like Duan that has just had a birthday on the 31st, he has to wait the longest. Um, Joanna, anybody else on the 31st of December? Huh? Ah, there we go. Of course, yeah. One of the backstickles. Yeah. But I would like to have a nice birthday gift in November. I would like that. But we've got dreams and we've got goals, don't we? This was sparked out of a message that I got from a friend who said to me, these are his dreams for the year. And, and, and this thing was sparked from that message, but it's not as a criticism to that message. You understand what I'm saying? It just made me think about dreams in God and possibly dreams out of God. And at the beginning of 2020, I'd, I'd like to correct a couple of things so that we don't lose our way in 2020 when it comes to dreams and plans. Is that all right? So um, I, I finished off in the secular workplace. Now, by secular, I don't mean insulting. I just mean not working full-time for the church and for God, ultimately. We are always employed in the ministry by God, if you've said, Lord, I love you. But I now, I stopped getting a salary from another company, and I started getting a salary from this congregation via the hand of God. We get that. 2013. Before that, I had a very privileged career. Uh, God had a, a sweet spot for me, I'm telling you. I got to do all the positions that I desired in my life. I wanted to be an, uh, a CEO. I wanted to be a COO. I wanted to be an FD. I wanted to be a, um, run a, a, a school. I wanted to run a, a, either a hospital or a shopping center. And... <laughs> He really gave me the desires of my heart in my career. It was almost like he said, okay, my boy, go and have your fill. Now it's done. So I can't go, oh, but God, I just wanted to go and try this. It's almost like he, he had this little thing with his boy. But in, in that, I had a reasonable time leading quite a sizable complement of staff. Had the privilege of leading in a few small companies and, um, and I had to deal with people. In 2009, when I finished off at the bank, the buzz thing was about people serving the corporate vision while having fun and, and being their best. I don't know if it's still like that, but you made your employees believe that it was their ultimate goal to fulfill the vision of the corporation or the, the institution or the company. And then you would say, but you can fulfill yourself while living out the vision. Is, is that still a thing? 
People in corporate. No one in corporate in this congregation. I think I see the problem now. Okay. But we had different visions. I went through the phase when I worked for Stanabank of the simpler, better, faster. Can anybody remember that campaign? Because it nearly killed me. Everything was a simply bigger disaster. It nearly killed me. We started the call center in that time. And I had to tell staff members that they could be the best version of themselves by living out simpler, better, faster. And then we went on psychological evaluations. And, and we, we would see, what is your makeup? Where do you best fit? What is your, um, your analysis? Are you a complete finisher? Are you an executor? Are you a, a strategist? Are you a this? And then we would say, but to fulfill yourself, that's what it's about. But please just fulfill yourself serving the vision of the company. Then I went on to the smaller companies and the staff all said to me, I'm not happy. Well, what must I do? I, I, I don't feel fulfilled. Again, like what must I do? I can introduce you to Jesus. And then we went into this, this thing about staff need to fulfill themselves and self-actualize and self, you know, it was all about them. Because happy staff, like they say, happy wife, happy marriage, happy staff, happy company. Anybody else ever heard of that? Just me and Derek. Thank you for that nod. I appreciate it. Next time, follow up with an amen. That's it. <laughs> but the staff started fighting with me. I am not happy. Do something about it. Well, I'm not happy because you're not doing your job. Well, I'm not happy doing my job. Then don't go find another job. I won't find another job. It's your duty to fulfill me. I want to be happy. And you constantly had this little tussle. I know it's lovely, isn't it, Tosh? And I chose to wear white on the day they find the spotlights. I feel positively glowing. And the self, I call it self-satisfaction. <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to work. But that thing of you wanted to be satisfied with what you wanted to give back. And your dream was about in this year, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Then I will be happy. Okay, so the bank will pay me so I can climb Kilimanjaro. But please also give me three months off so I can prepare for that. Because this is my dream. This is what I'm about. And for, in order for me to be a good employee, you need to make me happy. I call it the, the me factor, like the X factor, you know? My dreams, my plans, my ideas. I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to make it easy for you, but you're going to have to dance for me. And I fear that we might have carried something of this into this context. Now, guys, my entire life at the moment is consumed by God and His church and advancing His kingdom. As an elder, as the guy and, 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 and wife who's... who's privileged enough to lead this congregation at this time. That's what we're consumed with. 
And you know what? It happens to us. Well, Lisa and I say, oh, our dreams for this year is this. And it smacked me that who do we think we are? How do we think, like, what, we're just quickly going to conjure up some good, holy-sounding dreams and God, come and put your blessing on it. And now we surrender ourselves as, as, as followers of Jesus Christ to Him, and we say, Lord, your, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, but please can my dreams be more important than yours. And I find myself having to repent. Because let me tell you right at the, at the outset of this long um, speech, I don't know, that my best dreams for LRC can never ever measure up to his worst thoughts about us. Because his plans are to prosper us for a hopeful future. And if I'm brutally honest with myself, my heart has not been completely regenerated to the point where I only seek his will. I still have much of myself in me. It's so strange that that sentence of God your kingdom come, your will be done, comes before even our basic needs are met. The right very next verse says, give us today our daily bread. In the church context, I've heard more people tell me about their dreams for their lives in God than I've heard them say, God's dream for my life is this. This year, I dream of doing this and starting a home group. And I'm not saying that it might not be God's dream for your life. I'm just saying, caution, caution, caution. Have you sought His dream for your life? I look at, at some of the examples in the Bible David, Solomon, the disciples, Jesus. And um, they had to continually seek his way. That word dream that I've earlier explained means goals and plans and basically the design for 2020 that you have to walk in is not yours to shape. The day you said, Lord, I surrender, I accept you as Lord of my life. You gave that right over to him. Make no mistake. You are not your own. So now, having studied psychology, there's a very famous guy called Abram Maslow. Anybody know? Where are the psychologists? Come. Karabo. Yeah, yeah. He has this pyramid of the hierarchy of needs. And right at the top is... Self-actualization. Henry is on point, eh? Look how it starts. It says that right at the bottom is physiological needs, uh, food and stuff, and then safety needs, 
love and belonging, esteem, and right at the top, self-actualization, the desire to become the most that one can be. Self-actualization, I looked up the word, did I write it somewhere? I don't know. Anyway, the theory is that as you mature, you end up at the top spot, and it's the pinnacle of maturing. And you become the best that you can be. And you live to be the best that you can be. And if it's in balance with God, I don't have a problem with that. I studied psychology. I, I, I can see it work. But the problem is, we are not presented that in God. We are presented by society that just be the best you can be. And you will be happy. You will be fulfilled when you self-actualize yourself. I would like to postulate that the best and true self-actualization has at the center sincere submission of your dreams and plans completely, utterly, to the point of self-denying to God's plan and purposes for your life. That's what I read in the Word. That is when you have become the best version of yourself. When you walk in the design and the purpose that He created you for. I have a couple of things. One, two, three, four of the selves, the X factors that I thought could interrupt you seeking his dream, his goal, his purpose, his design for your life. And I'd like to share them with you. I'm only sharing them with you because I've had to endure the pain. And you know pain shared is pain bed. <laughs> Born, buried it. The first point of self is the self-indulgence of our hearts. We are not completely regenerated by Jesus. That'll be when we are with him one day. And until there, it's a daily sacrifice of ourselves, isn't it? Self-indulgence that says what feels good is worth pursuit. And if it fulfills me, I should do it. <laughs> I really, really worked hard this Christmas to not eat too much. So what did I do? I kept on cooking. Because everybody knows when you cook, yes, you're so full of those fumes you can't even eat. No, Auntie Ronnie. Yeah. So I just kept on cooking. But if I had to give myself to what feels good and tastes good, I would die an early premature death. It's a fact. Nolene came to me that Sunday when I confessed that I love sugar and cake, and she screamed at me. I'm surprised you guys didn't come to my rescue. You should not eat sugar. Well, I occasionally still do, but thank you, Nolene, for loving me enough. We cannot pursue what makes us happy and fulfills every happy desire in us. Another example of how I am self-indulgent. I love to be in control. Was that Darren? It's, it's one of my awarenesses that I know about myself. 
So I've got to learn that team is important. And I surround myself with a team that can execute far better than I can. And I can trust them. And as much as I want to say, let's paint it this blue, I'll say, I trust you, paint it blue. And then we end up with a blue wall like we did in the men's bathroom. But still, it's blue. It's blue. That's one of my, what are your indulgences? What are those little secret pleasures that you don't want other people to know about you? And I'm not talking about the, like the overt ones. I'm talking about those covert ones that you hide so well that you have to manipulate to shield and protect yourself in it. What are they? Make a reality of yourself. Self-actualize. Self-indulge. You know, if we're stuck in self-indulgence, we get to that point where we say, God, um, please will you bless my ideas? Most honoring and venerating way that you can. Oh, God, God, if you would please bless my ideas. No matter how you pray it, it's still got too much self in it. For him to be happy and present in them. Galatians 2.20 (laughs) I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When you start to live that reality and remind yourself about that reality, you are actualizing yourself in God. And you are starting to move into the realm where His dreams can become a reality in your life. The second one I said is self-reliance. Can I see any other A-type personalities here? Please raise your hand. Be and choleric natured people. Yeah. Anyway goes as long as it's my way, isn't it? And guys, we can conquer the world given enough resources. Let's be honest. We can take over countries and run the USA better than, than uh, any, anyone. We believe that. We truly believe that. We are so self-reliant. And other people believe that if they surround themselves with their books, they're fine. Because more knowledge, I can just rely on facts because it will never disappoint me. Facts are facts. And stats are stats. And figures are figures. And they remind themselves and they, they rely on themselves and what they like and what they're good at. You only have you in your life to rely on. The theme of many Hollywood movies. You have to do it yourself. A self made man. Now that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, that guy has money, but it's old money. It's from his father. He still has the money, guys. Like my, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And he's given me things that I don't deserve. And I really enjoy them. He has given me the purposes and plans to, to be employed here that gave vent to my heart's desire. I enjoy it. Because I didn't make myself and, 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 and actualize myself. Now I should be embarrassed by, by that. No, I live in the favor of my God. I'm reliant on Him in every possible way. 
They say and they tell you, whatever the cost, whatever the sacrifices, you do it. Because you are worth it. And you can only rely on yourself. <laughs> and you knuckle down and you work your butt off. Or you hunker down and you, you just see the storm through. Because at the other end, I've done it by myself. John 8, 28 to 30, Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Relying on the Father, Jesus Christ. <laughs> fully God, fully man. And yet He says, I do only what the Father has taught me. I cannot do it in my own strength. I have to rely on the community of, of Father, Spirit, and Son, the, the Trinity, God-reliant. How good and pleasing it is when brothers dwell together. We are a community. But some of us are so self-reliant, we won't even ask for help in pursuing God's dreams for our lives. Ha, oh, what would they know? I'll just sort it out myself. And all he wants to do is maybe speak through a friend or a brother or somebody that could become a friend or a brother. God-reliant, community-reliant, and then Ephesians 2.20 says, Submitted, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. To go against this nature and this era of self-reliance, we have to be submitted to what He had designed for us in advance. Are you still with me? Two more. The world says self-actualization lies in self-mastery and self-design. Know yourself. Know how to say it, to say it. Know thyself. Become so aware of yourself that you can master yourself. And yeah, I'm, I'm there. Like I said, Believe in it. I'm aware of my own flaws. I'm also aware of my strengths. What am I going to play to? Hopefully more my strengths than I have to guard against my weaknesses. And this is the very thing that says you are the master of your own destiny. Why don't you just lay your plans before God so he can bless them? <laughs> oh, and God in his mercy blesses our plans sometimes, doesn't he? Oh, and we are so grateful that he does that. Thank you, Jesus. But you surrender your desire and your plan to be in control. You hear his plan. David goes in, in 1 Chronicles, and he's, it says, And David inquired of God, Should I go up against the Philistines? And God says, Go up, and I'll give them into your hand. And he goes, and he has a wonderful victory for Israel. And that is sometimes where we get stuck in that first design, isn't it? Because when I did this and this and this, God came through. 
I've got this now. I've got, I see the design. I've got the mastery. I've got it. But then just a few verses down, it goes, and David again inquired of God, and God said to him, you shall not go up after them. Same scenario, same enemy, couple of months apart, victory if you go after them. Now, victory if you don't go after them. But the world says to us, when you can master a design or a plan, execute it flawlessly, and you will have success, you will have arrived, you have self-actualized. Okay. I love how David speaks to his son when he hands over the kingdom to Solomon, and he says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth, decay and death. Be strong and show yourself a man. Keep the charge of the Lord your God. Remember, God gave you this, so be confident that he called you to be king. Walking in his ways. Not even the ways that I showed you, my son. Not even the ways that the prophets told you. Not even the ways that the elders told you. But his ways, my son. Solomon could learn from his dad how to build a, a, a kingdom, how to fight for a kingdom, how to do anything. He, his, his dad showed him how to do this. Yet his dad is humble enough to say, pursue God's ways. For every bit of self-mastery you think they should be in your dreams, may there be more of God's mastery in your dreams. And then the last one is the self-serving nature that comes in our dreams. If I have to be honest, much of my dreams, even though Melissa and I sit together and have dreams, is about me, what I would like to see. And it would be so nice if, if it, it was just there for me, the way that I like it. But fortunately, that's only a Johan problem, not a anybody else's problem, because um, I just like my coffee a certain way, and my bed a certain way, and my shoes a certain way, and my food a certain way. But you guys are all so near the Lord. You walk in the freedom, hey? You know, self-serving says when you realize, your self-realization, you are, you are who you are, then you're happy. Well, I am who I am. I am a, I am a dogmatic, uh, draconian person and a chauvinist, and that's just who I am. Oh, that, that, that has nothing to do with me. I was just using as an example. Um, self-serving is so filled with self-importance, isn't it? I am the most important person in my life. Am I, am I speaking to people of like mind or, or are you all asleep in the heat here? Derek, I haven't heard an amen in a while, my bro. But so quickly, we become so important to ourselves. You get one compliment and all of a sudden you are the best in that field. I make a good cup of coffee. For every good cup of coffee I make, I make 10 terrible ones. I promise you this. 
except on my machine at my house. <laughs> That's not brother-in-law. On my machine in my house, my, all my coffees are good, okay? <laughs> and somebody says, That's a great cup of coffee. And you're like, Okay, sure, let me show you guys how. And then pride comes before the fall. But anyway, that's self-importance. What a good message. Ah, yeah, it was fantastic. I heard of the Lord. The truth is the best messages has been, have always been those ones that God came through. And He changed it. And He brought. Just in my industry that happens. But I thought to counter self-serving and self-importance, and I didn't have a word for this, so those that know better than me, I just called it self-demotion. You don't promote yourself all the time. You don't put yourself forward as the best thing. You don't talk about yourself, but you actually converse by inquiring of others. You don't just talk to impress people with how much you know, but you, you communicate and you put yourself one step back. And of course, the greatest example is Matthew 20, 28. <clears throat> Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. The one human that had the right to promote himself because he was perfect in all ways chose to serve and not to be served. And then I thought one, one other example that Jesus holds out for us that counters self-serving is probably self-denial, where he says, take up your cross. And follow me. I have been shaken by God to have his dreams in my life. And not try and fit him into my dreams. That means... As a congregation, we are going to do the same. We are going to pursue God for His dreams. We will do that, not our dreams. Micah 6 verse 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Amos 3.3 says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? For us to walk humbly with our Lord, we as a congregation need to figure out what are the terms of the walk. So, end of January, we'll be fasting as a church, and then we'll come together and we'll figure out, God, what are your dreams for us as LRC? Now, you've got from now till then to bail. Either you don't like to fast like me, or you don't want to do what he tells you to do. So I'm going to know. It's either of those two when you come to me and say, I won't be fasting and walking with LRC. I want to say, I pray you find a good place. But we will be pursuing God for his dreams for us. Now, guys, this is not like, ah, oh, they don't have vision. We have vision. We're brimming with vision. You just have to speak to any of the elders. God has given us mighty men, mighty women. 
We know what he has designed us to be as a congregation because he has given us prophecies from 1983. It's in a file upstairs. We are revisiting them. And now let me tell you, God doesn't change his mind like that. But what is the design that he wants us to pursue as a congregation in this year? That's important. Because so quickly, our own walk obscures the vision that God had for us as a people. And we don't want to succumb to that. Is that fair? Matthew 26, 39. And going a little further on, he fell on his face and he prayed and said, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Can you say that? Are you ready to submit to his will? His will, not mine. Father, I thank you that your word is, is alive and active, Father, and it's filled with a lot less ambiguity than we make it out to be. That if we just pursue it with the Holy Spirit and with all our attention and focus, God, you speak life to us all the time. No matter what we read, there's life in your word, God. Holy Spirit, you come and make alive the word in our hearts. I thank you that, that you can change and our hearts in an instant. I pray, Father, that we won't leave with condemnation for having dreams, but that we will learn how to submit to you in dreaming. As a people, as individuals, and as a, as a, a collection of living stones that you have called for a specific purpose. I pray for this, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I told you guys this morning is going to be a little bit longer. After that, God spoke this morning through prayer meeting. Who would have thought? I suppose if any of you thought so, you would have been there, but it was glorious. So can I, can I share some of those words? Is it, do we have a little bit of time? Mike, is that all right? Mr. Sabia, thank you for that blessing. So, um, Nolene, Colleen, Liesel, Carol, Kemi. Can you guys quickly come to the front? I think I read it out quite nicely. Don't be intimidated, it's just a microphone and it's people we love and we know. So Nalene, that thing about the read, give it to us quickly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good morning, everybody. Um, I think it was last week in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me with two scriptures. The first one was from John 3. The wind blows where it wants to. You don't know where it's coming from, but you can hear the sound. And then he said this to me, keep 
for the church, your face to the wind. Keep your face to the wind. And I feel very strongly in my heart, there's going to be distractions this year, but we need to keep in line with the Holy Spirit to hear what he is saying to us because there are many voices around that may sound good, but the enemy would like to distract us from the path that God's got for us. And then eternity. Oh, he has put eternity into our hearts. Everything who he is and what he is, he has put into our hearts. And I trust for all of us as a church this year that we will grow from strength to strength, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. Um, just following on from what Nolene had said, the Lord had just given me Psalm 1, which is um, the trees planted by living waters, and that we are to listen to his voice and not others, the righteous. If we stop listening to what is righteous, then God can't use us, and it all kind of fits in. And I have to apologize to Johan when we were worshiping, the Lord had said, go and tell the people that I've given them two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And your neighbors yourself. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> because it all fitted in. Thank you. All right, this morning I had Isaiah 40 verse 31 and it says, But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I think as us and as a church, we need to not grow weary. May we continue to keep our focus on Jesus, where our help comes from, where our strength comes from. Thank you. Morning, church. Um, during prayer meeting, Johan, when he was talking, was emphasizing on we being living stones and living stones. And what the Lord dropped in my heart is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that says we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That for each one of us, he has gifted us and equipped us. And we have a place in this body. Christ is our cornerstone, but each one of us has been placed to fit in into that and that we need to come to a place where we know our place we use our giftings stand in that place and with joy we stand with joy in that place that god has called us to be amen so i got this on the 17th of november it was in service and it was a sunday morning and Really felt to share, I yeah, sent it to your hand, and felt to share it again this morning in prayer meeting. My church is uniting in function. I see the individuals of our church stepping up into the bodily function that God has prepared for them. Eyes being eyes, ears being ears, mouthpieces shouting out loudly. May we continue stepping into what he is calling us into. There is joy as we fill our spots. There is victory. There is freedom and there is revival.
And then we had this image of as a deer pants for the water, where he goes and he jumps into the water, completely immerses himself, living streams, living water, and jumps out onto the mountains and the hard stones and the cracks and the mountain crevices. And uh, I had this picture of a scene from Bambi. I know, but that's how God works with me. And I saw him run through the forest, but not where he was chased, where he got to enjoy the forest. So that's part of what God is starting to give to us. Each one is unique. Each one, as we immerse ourselves into the water and we keep our eyes on the spirit and on the wind, God is going to come and use our uniqueness, our gifting in this congregation. And let me tell you what that means. It means he's not going to ask you to give up who you are. He's going to come and breathe life onto who you are so that you can walk in his dreams, his design, his purpose, and his life. All right. So next time I come to prayer meeting, it's hot and it's happening there. I tell you that. Um, (laughs) Marion, can I ask you that we sing Be Thou My Vision in closing? And I'm going to close the meeting now. As we end that, then you guys can go and have coffee. But also, there will be a ministry team in front. If you want prayer for anything specific that you felt in your heart through the message or the words or anything this morning, come to the front. If you want to recommit your life, maybe you've grown a little bit cold and you've lost your, your, your love and your attention and your, your priority of Jesus in your life, we also want to pray for you. And let the new year start without it. I know it's a bit of a cliche, but hey, God works with cliches also. So if I can ask Kuna, you, you be here for those people if you don't mind, my friend. Uh, so go to Kuna if you want to pray, get prayed for that and be filled with zeal and vigor and uh, passion for God again. Let's stand together. Let's sing this. Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.